So yeah, week two of the great emoticon. And if you were here last week, you'd have heard Leon lay a great foundational understanding about emotions and then also talking about joy. So if you've not had a chance to catch up with that, I just want to recommend that you pick up the podcast and you give that a listen. And also, if you were here last Sunday, give it another listen. Because we need to marinate in this stuff. We don't absorb everything the first time we hear something. It's like, that's why we keep telling people we love them, isn't it? Because we need to hear that and we need to sit in that and we need to understand what that actually means. So I just want to encourage you, please, please give that another listen this morning. Um, well, not this morning, because listen to me, please. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> when you get back, he's, not, he's great, he's not that good. Don't listen to him instead of listening to me, but... Um, I've got a fear his face is going to appear on the screen in a minute, live from LA, you know. <laughs> but um, sh- we'll keep that between ourselves, that would be good. So anyway, we're going to look at this whole topic of anger, really. And, uh, and I'm sure you've all got loads of examples and loads of situations and circumstances where things will come to mind really quickly about where we've got angry or we've seen somebody angry. And I was thinking about this, and the first thing I remember was probably about seven or eight years old, and my nan and granddad had just moved house, and, and they lived with, with my auntie, and, um, and they were part of a big family. My dad has lots of brothers and sisters, and he'd been at work all day. And so he piled us all in the car and said, we're going to nan's, we're going to help them move. So me and my brothers piled into the back of the car my mom was in there we pull up um <clears throat> outside my nan and granddad's house he got out went straight into the house i literally my bum literally hadn't got off the back seat of the car and he was back again come on back in the car we're not stopping here we're going home that was it that's all i remember and then like for about two or three years we never saw my grandparents again and what the tipping point was there's that when he got in the house apparently my nan had said to him trust you to come when all the work's done And that was enough. That was enough to send my dad out of the house into the car and I never saw them again until we found out that my granddad was unfortunately dying. And then the family got back together. And you know what the truth is? That's not just a a rare occasion, is it? We all have family things that go on where stuff happens and we just think, you know. And then another circumstance happens and it brings us back together and we think, what was all that about? What was all that about? And we're going to look at some of that stuff this morning because you'll have a different first memory to me. And that's fine. And varying consequences of that, obviously. But we're going to look at um, the themes that we can draw from that this morning and what God has to say about looking at anger and making it a positive outcome. And this verse, James 1, 19 to 20, just sums it up for me, really. And it says this, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And you know what? If I just sat in that verse and that's all you hear this morning, I took that on, my life would be so different. My life would be so different. But the important thing is why. Why should it be those things? And it's this. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And the truth is this morning that whether we consider ourselves a Christian, a follower of Jesus, or whether you're on a journey discovering who he is, or whether you're just checking it out and thinking, I'm not quite sure where I stand with all this, Jane. The truth is, isn't it, that for all of us in this room this morning, there are places, there are times, and there are circumstances that bring out anger in us. Because under pressure, we're all prone to blow a fuse and even burn the house down. And that's true. Because emotions bottle up and we've been to express it in very, very, very different ways. And we're going to look at some of those ways this morning. We'll look at some of the characters in the Bible that exhibited anger and how they did it and how we can turn those into a positive outcome. But before I talk about that, I just want to put a caveat on something this morning. Statistics tell me that in a room of people this size, there are going to be people here this morning that have seen anger at an extreme end. Either you've experienced it, you've been a victim of it, 
or maybe even been a perpetrator of it yourself. And I want to say this morning, I'm not going to speak into those things because I'm not qualified to do so. And also, it doesn't value your life journey. It doesn't value the journey that you've been on in handling the stuff that's happened to you in your life. So I'm not even going to touch on some of that stuff this morning. But the good news is that this church runs an excellent pastoral system called the Care Network. And if something brings to mind, and I'm talking this morning, or it triggers something, please speak to Simon or Sandra or another leader in the church and just say, do you know what? There's something going on in me with that. I can't possibly give you the value that you need in talking into that this morning. So is that okay? So the, our line that we're going to agree on this morning is that anger is universal and we all feel it. Is that all right? We can agree on that, can't we? And that's what we're going to do this morning is look at some of that stuff. So have you ever been fairly, unfairly treated? Ever been unfairly treated? Ever been blamed? Ever been ignored or misunderstood or felt insignificant? We all must have been that. Has someone ever made fun of you? Ever called you a name? Or have you been, ever been given advice? Have you ever been doing something and working on it really hard and somebody walks up and goes, I wouldn't have done it like that. Oh man, that gets me. <laughs> you know, especially when it's not your skill or you've really had a good go at something and somebody goes, I could have done that a bit better if, if you'd done this, this, this and this. That really, really gets me angry. It provokes anger in me. What about when the queue for the toilet's too long? Or you go to the cinema and there's those really kind people who don't mind paying £8.50 to chatter all the way through the film. Or even worse for me is a few rows down, they'll start checking Facebook during the film and the light comes on really bright and you can see it, can't you? You can see it and I want to go, Oi, I've paid £8.50 for this. Don't be looking at who you're Facebook messaging. It provokes anger in me. What about you hit all the red lights on your way to work? <laughs> <laughs> There's a room there, it's a prayer room, it's just right there. <laughs> or the car in front of you is going really, really, really slowly. Doesn't it provoke anger? Isn't it there straight away? And all of these things happen to every one of us in this room, every single one of us. And my point is this, anger isn't a good or a bad emotion. It's not a good or a bad emotion. And somebody put it like this. This is a definition of anger. Anger is a charged, morally neutral, emotional response of protective preservation. Now, if you're like me and you want it in English, what this actually means, I think, is it's a God-given, emotionally charged response designed to protect someone or something. That's what anger is. That's where anger comes from. But if I don't deal with anger appropriately, what will it do? This is what I want to suggest to you this morning. If I don't deal with my anger appropriately, it will affect my ability to love people well. It will affect my ability to love people well. Because we can have some wrong thinking when it comes to anger. So we can get this stuff out of the way from the start. We can feel guilty about it. We can think it's a sin. We can think it's somebody else's fault. We think anger lives somewhere outside of us. We feel we can somehow get over it and just get on with it and it won't affect us. And all of those things are wrong. All of them are wrong. Because anger is a biological response. It's a response of my nervous system, really. And my body reacts in anger without me even having time to think about it. Without me having time to interpret what's going on in front of me. Bang, it's there. I'm feeling it. Because the question isn't about whether I will feel anger. I will. The question this morning I'm going to answer is this, is what I'll do with my anger when I feel it. 
What will I do with my anger when I feel it? And the Bible is full of really helpful guidelines when it comes to this. I'm just going to have a look at a couple. And one of them is Proverbs 19, 19. It says this, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. What does this actually tell me? This tells me that when people learn to deal with anger in unhealthy ways, it becomes a pattern. It can become a pattern. Proverbs 22, 24 says this, do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Now, this tells me that not only can it become a pattern, but I can catch it from you. I can catch it from you. Anger's contagious. If I hang around with you long enough, I'm going to become angry. That's what that tells me. And how about this last one? Proverbs 29, 22. An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. The harsh truth this morning, guys, is this, that anger can split apart great relationships Great marriages, great friendships, workplaces, and even great churches. And not only that, but when I'm angry and I feel out of control, I can do some of the most foolish things that cost me some of the most direst consequences in my life. And when I say out of control, I don't mean I'm spewing it up everywhere and everybody can see that I'm angry because you could be pushing it down. Because some of the most angry people I've ever met... They're like an iceberg. 90% of it is going on under the surface, but it's there silently stewing away, stewing away, stewing away. Because anger can wear many masks. And all the research that I've done about this topic, and there's thousands and thousands of more learned people than me that have looked into this, but I've looked at loads of stuff, and I think I've narrowed it down to three things. Three things. I mean, look at those things this morning. You could say that there are three categories of how we express our anger. And the first one is this, there are spewers. The spewers. And there are two types of people that spew their anger. There's exploding time bombs and calculated time bombs. Exploding ones are easy to spot, aren't they? Bang, it's there, it's right in front of you. It's, it's come, out of, you know, come out of nowhere at you, but at least you know, sort of know what you're dealing with. Calculated time bombs are a little different. Calculated time bombs do this. They know when they're going to do it, why they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. And their message is this, because anger is necessary. You are going to know that I'm angry. You are going to know. And the best example I could find of this was in Genesis chapter 4, verses 2 to 8, the famous story about Cain and Abel. And um, these were the sons of Adam and Eve. And it's the first example of anger in the Bible that has an extreme consequence. That has an extreme consequence. And we're just going to read those verses together. If you could put them on the screen, that'd be great. So it says, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. And now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he didn't look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepting? But if you not, do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they're in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. What a spewer. What a spewer that is. Knew when he was going to do it, how he was going to do it, and what he was doing it for. And that's because Cain was not able to contain his emotion. He wasn't able to restrain it or constrain it. He had what um, 
um, intellectuals call poor impulse control. Poor impulse control. He couldn't, he couldn't re, re, you know, refrain from actually doing it. And now our anger might not lead to murder today. But I tell you what, there'll be some spewers in this room this morning. There will be some spewers here. We wound ourselves and we wound others. And then we get this feeling of guilt. Because spewers give themselves permission to feel anger. And they say things like this, I couldn't help it. I just couldn't help it, Jane. It was just there, I just couldn't rein it in. I just couldn't help it. Or they go, it's because I've got red hair. It's because I've got my dad had red hair. It's because I've got red hair. Or they say, you made me angry. You made me angry. And I'm going to say to you, if you're a spewer this morning, you need to try and develop a longer fuse. A longer fuse. Because no one ever makes us angry. No one ever makes us angry. As Leon said great last week, our emotions are ours to control. We are in control of them. And we choose to respond or not respond. And I can see some of you sitting there going, I don't agree with you, Jane. Because sometimes it's just there. I can't rein it in. It's out there before I even know what to do with it. Let me give you an example. So just imagine, hard to imagine this will be, me and Russ are having a bit of a heated debate over something. Maybe a very heated debate over something. And we're going at it hammer and tongs, raising cane, as my mother used to say. Okay, we're going at it over something. Then the phone rings, and it's my mom. And I pick it up and I go, hi, mom. Yeah, we're fine. Everything's good here. I will, we'll come down for a meal tomorrow. That's really great. Thanks ever so much. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bang. And then I'm back in it. So do I have the power to control it? I'm suggesting that I can. I'm suggesting that I can. Second, people are stuffers. See if you're a stuffer this morning. There's two types of stuffers. There's those who repress it, so they deny it or avoid it. And there's those who suppress it, and they pretend and just stuff it down. And their message is, anger's bad. I shouldn't really be feeling this. I shouldn't be showing this. I shouldn't be experiencing this with you. You shouldn't have the impact of my anger. So I'm going to push it all the way down and, and not deal with it and act as though it's not there. And there's a prophet in the Bible called Jeremiah who's a little like this. He said, take himself off, sit on a, sit on a rock somewhere, have a bit of a pity party. A bit like a, stewing like a casserole. You know, a bit like a slow cooker. It's on there, but it's going to come out in the end, isn't it? Might take a bit of time, but it's going to come out in the end. And I can be a little like this. And in fact, I used to be a lot like it. And what would happen is, something would upset me, I'd be angry, Russ would come home and go, you all right? I'd go, fine, nothing, nothing's the matter, fine. He'd go, no, no, there's something. What's going on? There's something the matter with you? And my line was always, there'll be something the matter with you in a minute if you keep on. <laughs> and I could feel it rising in me, and it was rising in me, not because I wasn't angry, but because actually he was pressing a button on something. And what would happen would be, on Thursday, I'd go, you know, on Monday, Russ, well, actually blah, blah, blah happened, or somebody said something, or I responded angrily about something. It's taken me four days, four days to have that discussion with him. And the truth is, what I've learned is, being a stuffer puts a huge roadblock in the way of your relationships. Puts a huge roadblock in the way of my relationships. By ignoring it, by denying it, by minimising it, by shielding it, by deflecting it, by pretending I'm not really angry, is affecting the people around me is affecting the people around me. So if you identify with being a stuffer this morning, like me, we just need to accept that anger is okay. Anger is okay, and it's normal. We just learn to need, need to learn to communicate it a little better, to find the words that we need to communicate it effectively. And the third people are leakers. You might be a leaker this morning. 
Now, leakers are a bit similar to stuffers, but what they do is they take their anger like a football under their arm and take it away to somewhere else where they're going to exhibit it. It's like when you used to play as a kid and somebody used to take the ball in. You know, you were all playing and somebody go, I'm, just, I'm going in, I'm not happy with you, I'm taking my ball in. Or when I was a child, it was like, you can't come on my drive. That's what they used to, what they used to say. You know, you can't come and play with us because I'm angry with you. But you're going to see that I'm angry. And what I do is I leak it to get back at the person to punish them for what they've done. That's what I do. It's a bit like the elder brother in the prodigal son story. And for those of you that don't know that story, it's quite a familiar one in the Bible. And, you know, the brother goes off, has all, this, all the father's inheritance, spends the money, comes back, gets forgiveness. Elder brother's still there, playing the dutiful son, gets really cheesed off with what's going on. So what he does is, if the dad goes out and says, you're coming in, I'm paraphrasing now, you're coming in, and he goes, no, I'm stopping out. No, but you want to come in, really. Well, I know I want to come in, really, but I'm just stopping out here. But come and enjoy the party. No, I'm stopping out. But you're going to see I'm stopping out. So I'm going to stand right outside this window so you can see that I'm not happy. And I'm not going to join in, but you're not going to be fully joining in either because you're going to have one eye on me knowing that I'm angry. And that's a leaker. And what happens is we become like martyrs. We become like martyrs. We get critical. We get negative. We get isolated. We withdraw. And then the worst bit is we start to become sarcastic. We start to become quite sarcastic. So that's some of the ways that we can express our anger. But anger's a secondary emotion. And what I mean by that is there's always going to be something that's driving it. We'll feel anger for a reason. It's like when that red light starts flashing on the dashboard of your car and you think, oh, what's that? And if I just hit that red light with a hammer and the red light goes away, doesn't mean everything under the bonnet is great, does it? Just means I can't see the red light anymore. But actually what that red light is telling me is there's something wrong under the bonnet of my car. And so when that red light is flashing in my life and I feel anger, it's telling me there's something wrong under the bonnet of my life. Under the bonnet of my life. And this light flashes on for me when my needs aren't met. I'll be really honest and open with you this morning. When my needs aren't met, and we call that hurt, when I'm hurt, or when my expectations aren't met, and we're going to call that frustration. And what frustration is, is the distance between what happens and what I expected to happen or what I wanted to happen. So if I want you to do this for me and you don't do it, and it's a little thing, I get frustrated. If the distance between the two things is a little bigger, I get angry. If the distance between those two things is really wide, man, I'm pretty cheesed off. I'm proper, proper cheesed off. I'm proper super ticked off at you. And that's how frustration works. And the third thing is, my red light flashes is when I feel insecure. When I feel personally attacked or threatened over something. So what does a harsh word do to me? What does a criticism do to me? What does you calling me a name do to me? It stirs up my anger. And why does it stir up my anger? It stirs up my anger because my value has been attacked. And I want to suggest to us this morning that when my reaction is very strong, very defensive, when I spew it, when I stuff it, or when I leak it, I need to count how costly my anger is going to be. I need to count the cost of being angry. Proverbs 15, 18 says this, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. And the price tag for any form of what we call unrighteous anger can be many things. It can mean I'm going to get into trouble. It can mean I'm going to sin. It can mean I'm going to get an argument. It can mean I'm going to make a mistake. It can mean I'm going to do something stupid. 
And we need to think before we respond. Because anger control is largely a matter of my mouth control. Anger control is a matter of mouth control. And Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Who knew that chill out was a biblical concept? I love that. That God knew chill out was in there. Just chill out, guys. Just chill out. Because you can't put your foot in your mouth when your mouth's shut. You can't put your foot in your mouth when your mouth is shut. And it might sound this morning that I'm trying to say, well, let's avoid all these situations then. Let's stop starting to get angry. Let's just avoid all those circumstances that really quite irritate us and make us frustrated. I'm not saying that. Because we can actually be good and mad. We can be good and mad. And God commands us to express our anger, but he commands us to express it appropriately. And Ephesians 4.26 says this, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You see, God didn't devote pages and pages in the Bible to advice like, be sure to get angry when it's really valid, Jane. Or, don't forget to get really mad when people are really bad. He didn't write loads and loads of things like this because he knew that wouldn't be my biggest problem. My biggest problem is getting angry for no reason, for some stupid reason, or for the wrong reason. So is it possible that my anger can be godly? Is it possible that my anger can be caused by my wanting what's best for somebody else? Well, of course it can be. But when I do get angry then, how do I know that my anger is godly or not? Well, I've come up with a little test, really. I'm not quite sure. You can road test for me, this for me in the week. And my little test is this. It's like when you're going somewhere you've not been before and somebody gives you directions, and you know you're driving and you get that feeling going, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like I'm going the right direction here. I just don't, I'm following what they've said, but it's just, I'm just not there. So I get out of the car, and where am I? Well, I should be at Alton Towers, but I'm actually at the coast. Something's gone badly wrong here. Something's gone badly wrong. It's the same way if I'm angry. I can tell if my anger is righteous by where it leads me. Because righteous anger leads to righteous actions. So does my anger lead me to want to smack you in the mouth? That's not righteous. That isn't righteous. Is it, does it lead me to bad mouth you behind your back? That's not righteous. Does it lead me to think about a way of getting back at you? It's not righteous anger. Because anger is the journey, but where's the destination? Anger is the journey, but where's my destination? So what does define righteous anger? My motives and the result of those. Because if my motive is love, and the results lead me and the people around me closer to God, then my anger was righteous. So what are some examples as I've looked through the Bible, you know, where have I seen God get angry? Well, I've seen God get pretty angry over something called idolatry. And that's all the way through the Bible, this word idolatry. And that simply is people trusting someone or something else other than God. God gets pretty ticked off about that. I see God getting angry at people like Moses for making excuses because he's selling himself short. I see God getting angry when someone mistreats poor people or lets them fend for themselves just because they're poor. I see God getting angry when people don't accept his provision or worse than that, when they act as if his provision isn't worth anything. I see God getting angry again and again when people lack compassion, when they ignore people in need, when they treat people as second-class citizens or love them less and cast them as unworthy of even loving. I see God getting pretty angry about that. So God gets angry really when anybody does anything that hurts someone or turns their heart away from him. So what about me? Can my anger be righteous like God's is? 
And I've got to be honest with you, the answer in most cases is probably not. Probably not. Because a lot of things that drive my anger don't match up to that measure that's there. I'm not angry because somebody is being mistreated. I'm angry because I'm feeling you're mistreating me. And that's where my response comes from. So what do I do with my spewing and my stuffing and my leaking then? Can God really help me? Well, do you know what this morning? I think he can. I think he really, really can. And that's really good news. And there's four things quickly. It's an A, B, C, D. And the first thing we need to do is acknowledge it. We can do nothing unless we acknowledge what we're feeling. And that will be true of every emotion we cover over the next few weeks. We need to acknowledge it. The B is we need to backtrack to our first emotion. Do you remember when I said that anger is a secondary thing? We need to think, actually, what is, what is underneath all of this? What is underneath all of this? Am I frustrated? Am I, do I feel insecure? Do, you know, we can backtrack it back. The second one is C, consider the real cause. There's always something that has fueled that. And the last one is the most important but the most difficult to do, which is the D, which is determined to respond rightly. And we're going to do something a little different this morning as I just invite, invite the band to come back. Um, there, are, there are tables around the room, black tablecloths, and on them are three cards, and they'll say spewer, stuffer, or leaker. And what I want you to do is think about what you've identified with what I've been talking about this morning in such a short space of time on a huge topic. Do you identify more with being a spewer? Does it all hang out? <laughs> you know? Or is it, are you a stuffer? Do you, like, push it down a little bit and, you know, it'll come out later on somewhere or... You know, you think actually it won't ever come out at all, but it affects how we are and it will affect the people around us. Or do you identify as being more of a leaker? Are you somebody who's tempted to take the ball in and, and then show somebody how angry you are about something? And Abby's going to come and sing over us this morning. And what I want you to do is just get up and go to the table and pick up the card that best identifies what you think you are and how you deal with your anger. And then as Abby sings, I just want you to contemplate that with God this morning. And then we're going to do something a little different at the end. And you can do this whether you're a Christian or not this morning. Because we all have anger, it's universal. But we can all want to deal with our anger better, amen? So as the music plays, just feel, get up. Just walk over to one of the, one of the tables, take a card and just sit. And as Abby sings over us this morning, just contemplate that before you and God this morning. And then we'll finish and we'll come back and do something a little different. us all to stand this morning if, if that's okay if, if that's not possible for you then that's fine just remain seated but we're going to do something just a little different and anger is such an emotive topic and if you can imagine the amount of people that's in here and we're all going to express our anger in different ways at different times but with God He can make a change. And so what we're going to do, we're going to do some declaration this morning. And what I want you to do is to take that card in your hand, whichever one you've picked up. And I'm going to say some statements and I just want you to repeat them after me. And it's a, like a contract between you and God and nobody else. And I'd like to ask that even if you haven't picked a card up this morning, 
just to say the words after me anyway because it really encourages people around you that they're not just listening to the sound of their own voice and so it makes it easier for people to respond so I'm going to ask you whether you've picked a card or not just to say this in front of me if you have just to take that card and we're going to say some stuff before God this morning that I think is going to make a real difference to our lives is that okay so I just want you to say after me I live in a country that only has one citizen I am that one citizen God has put me in charge of this country I decide how to live I can lay down any law in my country but if I want to I can elect God as king of this country I can live by his laws if I choose to but I'm not a citizen anywhere else God has not put me in charge of anybody else's country I don't have a vote in their country I can't elect God as their king so I'm gonna make a decision today that's best for me in my country so when someone is furious with me or I am furious with them I'm casting a vote in my country of how I will respond I no longer want to spew or stuff or leak my anger I want to try your way God this is about my wholeness today I can be completely healed even when the other person is holding out because I live in a country with only one citizen me Amen and we're going to worship this morning and we're going to acknowledge what we've done and let the Holy Spirit seal that in our lives this morning. Well done, guys. Amen. Thank you.